Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We're your hosts, Richard Geiger and Ken Seymour. <sighs> yes, super sexy, swinging 60s sounds. Uh, yeah, kind of, but not really. Eh, kind of. Uh, well, at least each of us are in our own private studios right now recording. I am my nice, comfy home studio and... <laughs> I mean, I'm in a place. He's in a place. And it's got some soundproofing in it, technically. Yeah. So it works. It's, it is is an excellent thing. Hopefully, it's a warm enough environment. Um, yes, actually. Um, it's not 20 degrees out right now, so that helps. I have a space heater out here. Very old technology for a very modern convenience. Yes, it is. I, I love those space heaters. Uh, well, we're going to be talking uh, just a little bit. We, we've we done a couple episodes uh, in the history of comic books and comic strips and television. We had made it all the way through 1964 in our last episode, which was part three, and then we kind of gave it a break for a little while. Uh, time to come back to it, talk a little more about the history of comics as we see them in pop culture. Um but we also know that this episode is going to be coming out Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. We're all going to be all fooded up, recovering from our time with uh, the loved ones and fa- friends and family and just trying to get over stuff. And Or some of us may be in other scenarios that are less pleasant. Shopping. <laughs> Shopping or serving, whatever. Um The day after Thanksgiving is a time-honored tradition if you are rich and don't have to participate in the tradition. (laughs) Otherwise, it's a terrible and cruel joke. Correct. Awful experience. Unless you can just sit around and watch bad television, drink stuff. I don't know what that stuff would be. Enjoy some Not gravy. Don't drink gravy. Well, if it's really good gravy. Gravy flavored soda. Ooh, I know a, it exists. That's awful. That does yes. not sound good. Well, you know what is good? Comic book heroes. Uh, so we, like I said, we ended in 1964. Uh, interestingly enough, nothing came out in 1965 <laughs> that was based on yes. a, a comic strip or a comic book. So we're jumping straight to 1966. Uh, we're getting ever so much closer to television that maybe some of our listeners have heard <laughs> or watched. <laughs> 20 more years we'll be there yeah well let's let's start with something reminiscent of a little bit of what we actually get to enjoy much more of right now and that's uh you know everybody's really enjoyed the mcu uh, or at least most people have with all the different heroes from marvel and being able to take advantage of some really excellent cgi and uh, some better effects capabilities and uh, more interest well, way back in 1966, that was not happening in live action, but it was happening in cartoon form. We start with Marvel Superheroes in 1966. It is a single season, so didn't exactly last a whole lot in one sense, but it's 58 episodes. Jeez. <laughs> so, a uh, long season. Um but, yeah, you get all the characters. You get Cap. You get Submariner. You get Iron Man, Thor. You get Hulk. You know, we just watched um, 
we just watched the newest uh, Black Panther film. One of the characters' names, Atuma, he was in this show. Uh, nice. Voiced by Paul Souls, which if you don't know who Paul Souls is, uh, I'm not surprised. Most people don't. But <laughs> The Crimson Dynamo was in here. But uh, that's, like the Crimson Dynamo. that's the voice of Hermie from uh, the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer oh, claymation. Yeah. So it's yeah, small things. But uh, John Vernon did uh, Glenn Talbot in this. You know, if you're a fan of the old Animal House or some of the other 60s and 70s television, you'll know John Vernon. There's a lot of interesting castmates in this. It looks like there's uh, a lot of the faces that you would be familiar with and names in terms of the actual cartoon. Uh, but John Vernon, for sure, is a... Is a if we're on a podcast, you can't see him, but if you go to a resource and look up who John Vernon is, you'll recognize that face for sure. Yeah, it's even even if he's a little before your time, there's no way you haven't seen it at some point. But uh, so in in a lot of these shows, you got people doing multiple duties. Duties. Um, <laughs> they'll do voices for a lot of different characters because at this point, it really didn't matter. They didn't they didn't have the same kind of following, so they could get away with it. Especially since the episodes were not particularly long. Um, you know, in that in that half hour range. Um, so it's just kind of an interesting thing. Now, the artistic style, if you've not seen it, is, let us say, rudimentary. Yeah, I mean, you're animating a, a thing in the 60s. So the, the cool thing is it's all hand-drawn, right? So you're getting a, a true artist touch in a whole bunch of different panels. It's just the panels probably aren't as numerous as what they would be later on. Exactly. But at the same time, you do get to kind of get a, a glimpse. Uh, I mean, a lot of us haven't had the chance to grow up with um, seeing the original styles of some of these heroes that appeared in the comic books. The, um, I mean, the early artists had a, a, a very unique visual presentation, and that kind of comes through in the comic. It's in some instances, kind of simplified, but at the same time, it's got its own kind of appeal. Um, show was episodic in nature. Didn't really have any carry through over episode to episode. Uh, no real character growth because that was just not the nature of television <laughs> at the time. Um, but yeah, uh, if you've never seen it, you can probably find a couple of episodes on YouTube pretty easy. Um, I don't know. I I haven't seen them on Disney because why would we? <laughs> it's a little far back, I think, for them to care too terribly much about. But uh, I, I'm pretty sure you can find it on YouTube. It would be pretty cool if it was on Disney. Maybe someday. Now, DC would not be left in uh, in, a, in the dust. You know, you can't have Marvel having a show without DC, who actually had a lot of other stuff. <laughs> Well, before this, Marvel was kind of a slow to the slow to the starting point, but uh, we actually get uh, a Superman television show that lasts for multiple seasons. It starts in 1966. If you haven't seen it, this one you can sometimes find playing some stuff in some places. It's called The New Adventures of Superman. Now, don't confuse this with The New Adventures of Superman or 
the new adventures of Superman. They recycle some of these names on occasion. Uh, <laughs> Isn't there there's a, one of the newer ones, the new adventures of Lois and Clark? Right, exactly. That was that was a 90s thing. Um, boy, that feels like it should be more recent than that. But uh, this... Such a long day ago. If you've seen some of the 1950s, you know, cartoons, the, the original drawings of Superman, the black and white kind of stuff. It's definitely leaps and bounds better than that. And I would say that the artistic style is probably better than the Marvel as well, uh, the Marvel superheroes. Um, <clears throat> let's see. We haven't talked about this one yet because we haven't gotten to it, but like the Super Friends. It's reminiscent of that kind of level of quality and style that you're going to get in this particular cartoon. But what it has really going for it that um, that's the other show that we just talked about, the Marvel superheroes doesn't is man, it's got a voice cast. Yeah. Uh, it looks like it's got a pretty solid collection of bases um, and, and faces and, and people who have done a lot of these things in the past too. So it's a lot. If you look, once again, we're on a podcast, you can't look, but if we mention some names like Bob Hastings, for example, I feel like you'd recognize that face. Like when you see it, like you know who that person is. Maybe I'm going crazy. No, no, I don't think so. So for me, the big one is Ted Knight being the the narrator, but yeah, Bob Hastings for sure. He's just been in anything that you saw in this time period. He was just in tons and tons and tons and tons and tons of stuff. But he's also done voices. He's been Commissioner Gordon in the more recent Batman cartoons. So it's one of those things where, you know, he's been around. He's been, he he, he was doing the game for some time. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, unfortunately he died in 2014. But, uh, you know, we're still in that time that time frame where we're going to get a lot of these people who are just no longer with us now. Ted Knight. <laughs> oh, Billy, 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 Billy. <laughs> yeah, you would. For sure you know who Ted Yeah. Caddyshack. Oh, man. Uh, Ted Knight was uh, something else. He had a, a stupendous run on television and movies, and uh, I loved watching that dude in about anything. And uh, Janet Waldo, too. She She was just... In tons and tons and tons and tons of stuff, uh, and was always fun. Um, yeah. So again, this is now unlike the Marvel that had like fifty-eight episodes. This one only had over those three seasons, like less than forty. So I, it's kind of interesting to see how the television stations spaced these things out. And. In the Marvel show, it looked like, obviously, you have your core elements of superheroes, but it looked like, it, even just looking at the, the titles, there was a lot, there was a lot of different characters that showed up. We were, you know, in Superman, you're basically just one dealing with one character and the arc of that one character. So you're going to just have a much more limited base of subject matter, in theory. Um, though I will have to say that the um, that their version of Luther <laughs> is a little a little closer to the 1980s uh, movies version of Lex Luthor. Yeah, he's kind of kind of 
he's got that kind of weaselly persona to a certain extent. And it's just kind of, it's funny to see how the characters change over time to, in order to still be relevant to the audiences. Yeah. But I do uh, like the more stern, mo- uh, modern version of Luther better. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> now, of course, if you weren't, if you felt that the adventures of Superman weren't new enough for you, then you could get the newer seeming adventures of Superboy, which Ooh. started in 1966. Now, this one did not have quite uh, the same longevity. It was uh, a single season, but again, like 34 episodes, same number. Uh, as the Superman that le- that lasted over multiple years. So I'm wondering how accurate this is. I'm wondering if maybe it just uh, one got spaced out and it's technically the same kind of thing. Now I'll yeah. say this. The uh, animation in this Superboy, it's doo-doo. <laughs> it is not good. Maybe it didn't quite get the same budget that the other ones did. Well, I'm wondering. It's got like the same voice cast. Well, that's what I was wondering too. You know, like if you're gonna dedicate, uh, draw more interest by just sharing the same people across all platforms. Yeah, it's just kind of kind of a funny thing to to see where one set of animation is just just leaps and bounds better than the other that's released at the exact same time. I uh, I've always thought that was um, just kind of weird, really. <laughs> Yeah. It has depends on the studio, right? Or the budget. I mean, that's one thing. It's quite possible. Maybe it's just one of those instances that that's the mind playing tricks on me. I'm seeing things through rose-colored glasses or uh, or not rose-colored in this instance, but maybe I just really liked the one better than the other because I did, I did get to see these when I was very young. So it's been a long time, and I'm trying to think back to it. And I'm looking at snippets of video and and images, and it's it's not as good as I remember. <laughs> Maybe, well, um, you know, on and the Superboy one, which was you said we're still in nineteen sixty six. Yes. Well, the, the, directed by Andy Warhol. <laughs> so it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. Interesting. I guess. When you, when most people think of Andy Warhol, artist, right? That's probably what they think of, but yeah, director of uh, comic book animated cartoons, maybe not so much. Yeah, it's just kind of, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't even really have words for it. It's, it was, it was a different time. Uh, <laughs> for sure. I, um. Now, I'm looking here, and I'm not seeing where it was directed by Andy Warhol. Because it was called, like, Superboy, or, like, The Adventures of Superboy. Is that what you said it was? Yeah, Adventures of Superboy, uh, Superboy, 1966. I see Anatole Kersanoff and Hal Sutherland. Let's look here. And maybe we're looking at the wrong. Bob Hastings was in this one, right? He was. He was Clark one? Kent. Oh, Superboy, nineteen sixty-six. Weird. Was there a an actual 
like a a show, a, a movie, a one off in nineteen sixty six that was Superboy? Well, let's take a look at the uh, at the fine uh, uh, list that I put together. We've already gone over this a little bit. In '66, we got uh, Batman the movie. We got the Wild World of Batwoman, Ooh. Modesty Blaze, uh, the Great Saint Trinian's Train Robbery. I do not see a Superboy. Hmm. Maybe, maybe this is the interesting thing. Now, dear listener, if you ever really look at this, depending upon where you look, you're going to get some significantly different information. Whether you go to IMDb, Wikipedia, uh, the, uh, the the movie database, or All Movie, or there's just tons and tons of resources out there, and you're going to sometimes get some conflicting information. But I wouldn't be surprised if Warhol had his hands in this because he was he was weird. Well, I'm wondering also if it was just uh, a one-off thing, not a series. Huh. Says it was animation. Very Bob Hastings was actually the voice of Superboy. Yes, Clark Kent, Superboy in this one. And um, directed by Andy Warhol, 1966. That's what I see. So interesting. And you got that. Where Where is your source on this? Um. The Internet Movie Database. Well, now that's very interesting because I'm also on that. <laughs> it's not listed on mine. <laughs> so, ooh, IMDb's uh, having some trouble here. Uh, the mobile app is showing different information than the web is. Uh, interesting. I'm so this is great. See, we're, we're trying to dig up different resources for different things here, and we found some different. See, it, Ken does a lot of the research for this, and you know what? It's so mind-bogglingly hard for some of the things before a lot of producers, writers articulated and kept track of all these things. There was no, in a certain sense, reason to kind of formulate all the different things that had come through into a database. And, you know, content creators like ourselves are trying to do that. So if there is an interest out there for people who do these types of projects and want to read about them, that there's a more concise way to find specifics. And especially going back even earlier than this, it's even harder. Yeah. Uh, but we're just in this era where there was a handful of TV stations and unfortunately not a lot of record of those things. You weren't buying VHS tapes to collect these back then. No. So it's just a matter of trying to find the archives of all these incredible shows that people put together. Yeah. Now, uh, talking about archives, uh, don't forget, we're kind of in the process of making our own. We have the Internet uh, Movie Database that we go to a lot. But what if we had a comic movie database? We do. It's on our website. It is mildly behind. <laughs> just just a smidge. Uh just a picture show or two. The, the 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 goal is by the end of the year to have it all caught up. But up through uh, Thor, Love, and Thunder, every film ever based on a comic strip or comic book is in there. Now, we haven't gone into the TV side of things yet. We're going to eventually release an even bigger, better tool, and that's going to have all sorts of information in there. But we haven't exactly decided how to, um, how to put that one out yet. 
So we're still working on that piece. But, of course, you can get access to all our other stuff on the website, too. You know, our upcoming episodes, uh, all the people we've managed to uh, corral onto the show to interview and uh, uh, the death counts that we put together, things like that. All sorts of cool, neat stuff. So don't forget to check us out there and, of course, on social media, Twitter while it still exists. <laughs> At Real Pudding Guys. So yeah. far, it's still live. Oh. Yeah. So so really what I'm I'm really telling you is if you haven't gone on to our Patreon play, uh, page and pe- pledged a single dollar uh, per month, a lot of P, a lot of P sounds, pledge a dollar on Patreon. Alliteration. Yeah. Uh, to help us continue our, continue our trek through the ages, uh, among other things. Not only do that, definitely do that, but tell your friends. It's only a dollar, and if we can get enough dollars – then we can increase the speed at which we have more and uh, better and neater information to share with you, et cetera, et cetera. Um, all right. So, Onward and upward. Exactly. We only have one more in 1966. Now, this one, if you haven't seen it, even if it's before your time, I'd be really surprised. Uh, we just talked a moment ago about the Batman movie that came out in 1966. Well, that Batman movie was because of the Batman show. It's, um, I, 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 don't, I don't even know how much I can say this, how much joy this gave me as a kid because there were no other real examples of live action, superhero, anything, even though it was ridiculous. I mean, you could not take it seriously at all. And there were only technically three seasons that it ran. But I tell you what, Adam West, he <laughs> he kept my attention the entire time. And it was so much fun to watch him on this show. And uh, he, just all of those faces that you would get to see every week, being able to see Neil Hamilton as Commissioner Gordon, he was uh, you just kind of like one of those. It's like a family member almost. So you just get to every day. I I come home from school, and this is one of the things I would be able to watch in syndication on on one of the channels, and it it was amazing. Well, you know, you know, there there was something about the outlandishness, if you will, of it, right? Yeah, where the characters just had that over the top kind of creation of themselves and like the like the the childish expressions a lot of times and then the things that pop on the screen like the pow and the wham and then you know them just climbing climbing a wall with the rope and all they did was you know just let's just turn the camera sideways <laughs> as you you know what i'm saying like right the way they play the, the cheesiness of it is so classic right um and the thing about that TV show in general, a lot of those people have such a cult following in, in terms of their popularity. And uh, uh, Adam West, who, you know, he passed away a few years ago. Uh, I, I feel like a, a lot of the younger people who know him probably know his voice. Oh, right? yeah. Because they'll, they'll know it from something like Family Guy, for example. Right. And if you they just looked into who Adam West was and why he became so popular, like it, it would kind of just 
open up the reasoning like, oh my gosh, so like this is where it's, this is where it started. This makes sense. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was a, I think a big thing for a lot of kids. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have had the superhero films and television shows that we got if it wasn't for this show. And a lot of the success of this show goes to the actors because the writing was, I I want to say it was bad because for what it was, it was actually brilliant. It was so incredibly cheesy. You're talking about going sideways on the camera or just the weird angles they would do in the fight scenes of 45 degrees off in the corner, just kind of just strange color combinations and lighting changes. And so it didn't, it didn't need to be a deeply written show. It just needed to be catchy and the lighthearted in its dialogue and didn't clearly did not take itself seriously. And that was perfect. And I, there's just elements of it that, that will stay with me to this day. I, I loved Burgess Meredith as the penguin, you know, talking through the, the thing in his lips. And it has that cigarette on the, on the, on the thing. And, wah, 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 wah. and that, it was so ridiculous and, and just wonderful. Uh, uh, the Riddler, I mean, you wouldn't have had the Jim Carrey Riddler if you hadn't had uh, the Riddler as it existed uh, from Frank Gorshin in this show. Uh, yeah, it was just it was just wonderful. And, and I think when you look at a lot of the characters that were in this, the the characters and the the scenes took you to so many different places and different layouts and different backgrounds but a lot of that rogues gallery of batman characters show up eventually in some form or fashion obviously because it's a live action show from the 60s with um, probably a low to moderate budget it's not like you're going to go crazy with these outfits and 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 the the production right so right to some of the Batman characters in general are a little outrageous. So you, to present them on screen in the same vein as all the other things that you're seeing in this show was just, uh, you know, a, a different level all in itself. Even getting, uh, even getting a little bit of cheesiness out of the egghead character with Vincent Price. I mean, seeing him ham it up on, on screen with Adam West was just, Ah, it's joy, bottled joy is really what it was. Um, and that was 1966 and apparently 67 and 68 as well. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, like a hundred and what, 120 episodes, give or take. Right. That's a lot that you know, a for lot. that time frame. you know, for something, something to come out as frequently when there's only a handful of channels that you can actually look at something on a, on a TV show. It's got to be good. Oh yeah, it, it it has it has to be be. They're not going to just keep making episodes on so little airtime and fill it with something that's not good. So it, you know they had something special. Now, unfortunately, it wasn't good enough to get uh, a Batgirl spinoff made in 1967. <laughs> there was a pilot, um, and. Uh, it kept the same cast, essentially. I mean, you still had Yvonne Craig uh, as Batgirl. 
uh, and you know you you know had it in the pile. Of course, you're going to have Batman and Robin show up. You know, because you're you're spinning it off. It's really kind of too bad because I liked her as Batgirl. Um, I actually really there's something again. You know, the cheesiness of the costumes. Her costume was actually kind of one of the better ones on the show. <laughs> it had some it had some flash to it, um, but. Uh, yeah, it, apparently th- there was only enough space on TV for just the original Batman and Robin. Only one bad character. Sorry, it's it. It seems like the the Batgirl character. There's so many efforts to get it going, and just doesn't happen. Just doesn't happen. We got to be missing something, right? Like we got to be missing a good script. I feel like the people doing the characters are fine, and the character itself is fine. Right. Uh, given the, the the layout that it is and the character arc that it that it actually takes, right? But maybe it's because it's a young Batman character. There was never really a successful Superboy in terms of like a young Superman well, character. There was. Right? There was a television show that was a Superboy show that lasted multiple seasons. It didn't come out until the 80s, if my memory serves. But uh, uh, it it's rare, um, for sure. It's just whenever you go to, let's do it, but young, that usually, uh, usually uh, just dooms whatever it is. Yeah, 1988 yeah. Superboy. And that got four uh four seasons. So yeah, Holy so cow. it it can it can happen. It's just kind of kind of rare because as we've seen in the movies that we watch, a lot of times the companies that create this do not understand or care about the subject origins that that it came from. They just have a profound lack of understanding. And with that lack of understanding, they don't know how to create something that's going to last. They just want to make the money. And if you can't get that, if you can't make that connection with the the viewer, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, you're not going to actually make the money. Just make bad decisions and spend money and then not even put the show out so anybody can see it and make the money back. That's a whole different story. Yeah, we've got all sorts of... uh, We've got all sorts of stories about large companies making bad decisions. But that's for another day. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know what? There was another pilot that came out in 1967 for a live-action superhero television show. Wonder Woman. Who's afraid of Diana Prince? Interesting. Not Linda Carter. No, no, no. No. This was Ellie Wood Walker who you might recognize from uh, basically only one other thing. <laughs> she, she was not exactly well-known, but she was an easy writer. So if you watched her, you might know her, but probably not because she was only a mime, <laughs> an easy writer. So <laughs> Okay. With face paint on? I'm assuming so. Uh, I, I've only seen uh, that movie once, and it was a long time ago. So I, I don't have direct memories of that one. But, uh, yeah, the, that just didn't really go anywhere. Uh, the, the one interesting thing is that William Dozier, who did the voice 
of the narrator in the Batman television show and the attempted spinoff into Batgirl also did the voicing for the narrator in this. So it felt like they were trying to build some kind of, well, maybe not universe, but some connection between everything. Something where they were, were related. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a good idea to me. Yeah, not, not a whole lot to it. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to kind of skip over that one. I just wanted to mention those two. Uh, before we moved on to an actual series that that got a full season at least. Um, and to do that, we've got to go back to animation, and we've got to go back to Marvel. In 1967, Fantastic Four. Woo. Got an animated show for a year. It was a 30-minute show, um, and it has the animation style that you might expect <laughs> very similar to to the the superman level of uh animation at that time which isn't terribly surprising um had a pretty impressive um a pretty impressive voice cast people that were either long time uh long time cast members for the the show over the course of the year or just stepped in I mean, we got somebody that actually voiced Galactus. He was Lurch. Oh, Lurch. Ted Cassidy did the voice of Galactus. So how perfect is that? <laughs> Just show up at the, like, you, I mean, I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. <laughs> the, the, fantastic, the Fantastic Four family. Now, maybe it's just me, but, you know, if you look at this show and then as we go through this series over time, there'll be so many tries and takes and iteration of Fantastic Four. Um, it's like the this Fantastic Four, quote, family is one of the most loved elements in the Marvel Universe. But for some reason, there's just an element of not quite getting it quite getting it right one of the subsequent cartoon elements that what that lasted that was a little stronger i feel like but yeah it's you you see all these repeated things for superman of course and that's one thing but i think with the fantastic four we'll see so many different other things involving the fantastic four and coming from a person who is not the knowledge or the strong comic book base that that you would have why is the Fantastic Four comic book period just so popular? Or am I just imagining things? Oh, here? you're not imagining things. I mean, that was Marvel's first big, big uh, hit, really, in terms of in terms of superhero teams. I mean it it well uh, it well predated uh, the Avengers and the X Men. That was their that was kind of their way to bridge a gap between. Uh, the sci-fi comics of the day and the monster comics of the day and the superhero comics just kind of all melded into one. And considering the time frame of when it was released and the types of things that that were there, there were a lot of, uh, you know, Swiss Family Robinson and things like that. You would have, like, these adventurous families were a thing. And so having them be kind of related already, well, it seemed like a, a recipe for something that will work. And it can, 
but it also shows again how a lot of times the the the, the people that make the stuff profoundly misunderstand what makes the subject matter work in the first place and it's something that's really hard to replicate on screen correctly in the sense that it's hard to make it seem genuine and it's also hard while it's being genuine to be interesting and it's the fact that they're nice there's no smarm there's uh just a little bit of edge to to the human torch and just a little bit of grumpiness from the thing but that's it they're nice they want to genuinely help people they generally don't want to fight <laughs> they're explorers so how do you do that as as uh, something that you're going to see each week i mean it's more akin to be done correctly it'd have to be in my mind more akin to like a star trek thing they're going out in search of stuff, and they just happen to run into things. And they may fight to resolve it. They may not. That's how it should be done, and that it, it doesn't compute for a lot of people. Yeah, and I can see that. And their, their bad guys are so solid, too, right, where you have the big, the big, big bads, like a Galactus or a Doctor Doom, but then you have, like, the Mole Man, Right. So much but, fun. Right. Right. There's there's so much potential to integrate these characters. And, you know, hopefully we'll see more of that later on with the actual MCU. But it was just a thought I had because it it's like we're I'm missing something as to why this hasn't been more popular in today's culture. Let's say. Yeah. And I, I like I said, I think it's partly because the. The social structure around has changed. What interests people is not the same. It comes off as saccharine if you try and present things in this way. So it doesn't, it just doesn't hit all the same. And as awesome a villain as like a Doctor Doom could be, we have seen him put in a couple of films. And they've kind of tried to sort of do him like the comics, but sort of update him. And again, not understand the character at all. Uh, and so it just comes off wrong. Uh, Dr. Doom would be a fantastic villain in the current MCU. Oh my Lord, he would fit right in. You can't, if you bring him in, don't kill him. He, he is important. But just the fact that he is calculating, he's not over the top. He's calm generally, unless you can, you know, enrage him, which is possible, but even then, he's he's like basically make evil Tony Stark without the smarm. And there you go. You've got you've got the basics of your Doctor Doom and you know, put in a little uh uh love of country like uh, Black Adam to to <laughs> to round it out a little bit and just uh, it the character is so deep and so fun and I'd like to see I'd like to see it shown correctly on on screen but we'll we'll see who knows yeah all right like I said this is going to be a pretty short episode by comparison uh, we only have two more television shows we're going to talk about that came out in 1967 um, let's do a DC and we'll end on a Marvel because that's basically all we have left so 
One more that came out in 1967, lasted a single season, was the Superman Aquaman Hour of Adventure, which seems like an Super- odd pairing. <laughs> Superman Aquaman. Okay. I like it. Yeah. So you, yeah. uh, it's again a kind of a, a somewhat of a precursor to the Super Friends in, in some respects, but because it wasn't really just those two, you would get the other characters that would show up as well. Um, but uh, it's it was an hour-long show. There were only 18 episodes, um, but you would get the characters. You would get the Green Lantern. You would get the Atom. You would get Hawkman, you know, all that sort of stuff. And it's, it's really close, really close to the Super Friends level of animation, quality, and style. Um, but again, there's no... Um, no character development, really, uh, or not character development, character growth, because it's all self-contained kind of uh, single episode sort of stuff. Um, but you've got, again, just great sets of voice actors that took these. Some of them we've already talked about, like Ted Knight and Paul Freese, just continuing, uh, continuing doing what they do best. Yeah, it looks like, you know, if you just kind of zip through these, uh, titles, all of them are <clears throat> The Flash, The Atom, Green Lantern, uh, Shoot, Teen Titans show up in a couple of them. So it looks like there's a pretty good variety if you don't, if you're like, how can just Superman and Aquaman carry a whole thing? Uh, it's, it, yeah, definitely way more than that. Yeah. So, and it's fun. And it was, it is, again, it's, by today's standards, it's kind of cheesy, but. If you just want something to pass some time, it's like, oh, wow, that's that was fun. <laughs> it, it really kind of is. Um, all right. I wonder how accurate the storylines and background of the characters are. I bet they're probably they're pretty, pretty close. They, they pretty reflected uh, the Golden Age histories yep. primarily. Um, but uh, and if you ever really want to laugh – talking about animation styles the one we're going to end with um 1967 spider-man had a show that came out lasted three seasons the animation was let us say inconsistent (laughs) when it's when it's good it's like oh it's pretty good when it's bad it's like oh that's terrible but it's good because it's like bad, good, good, bad. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, I feel like it, if you were in the sixties watching this, you understood. And I also feel like that if you watched it now, you would also understand, but you would appreciate its level. I mean, like you said, three seasons worth, um, quite a few episodes on a, on an animated series it's not like you can just put it together like you could a batman for example the batman live action the animated stuff it just it was more intricate there was a lot more to do uh, to create an episode drawing so many sheets and different animate like each each cell that you had to do um to get the animation to look even how it did at the time so yeah spider-man very popular character fun light-hearted and like, I, see it. I get it. Yeah, pretty simple. And, you know, Paul Souls did the voice of Spider Man. We already talked about him, you know, Hermie. 
Uh, but uh, yeah, you'll you'll notice a lot of there's just a lot of a lot of um, crossover. Uh, Gilly Fenwick uh, did voices for a lot of these, and you'll just see see him pop up multiple times. Uh, so I mean, it's it's really kind of interesting seeing these voice actors of the time, and and going from cartoon to cartoon to cartoon, trying to make a make a lasting impact and sometimes succeeding and sometimes, you know, having something that just unfortunately didn't last as long as it maybe could have. But, uh, and, and kind of touching on what we looked at before, uh, this seems to kind of present the same thing, right? You, you have a lot of your, well, let's call them typical right. Spider-Man baddies that show up especially throughout the first season. And you just get uh, the the collaboration a little bit. I don't necessarily see one that's, let's say, labeled these Sinister Six, but you have all of those characters in there. And, of course, many more throughout the rest of the episode. So if you're a Spider-Man fan and you like to see all the bad guys, let's say, um, or even the good guys, too, you get a little bit of that throughout this series. Yeah. And like I said, it's it's a lot of fun to kind of see the origins. Uh, this is pre Spider Man, Spider Man as Amazing Friends, where it really started to take off. But uh, yeah, it's 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 still made enough of an impact that they they wanted more. Now, did we miss anything in the years of 1966, 1967? You know where to get a hold of us. Let us know if we missed something important or if you have some fond memories of these shows that uh, you want to share. We'd, we would love to see that on Facebook or on Twitter or on Instagram. Uh, we will always enjoy and respond, and uh, hopefully you're recovering from your, your day of of eating turkey and stuffing, and hopefully you got to have that day of eating turkey and stuffing. And uh, we wish you the best holiday wishes. 